Well, hey, I want to invite our board to come forward. If um, everyone who's on the board could come up, uh, just if you got a minute, Mike and Jim and Margie and Paul and Matt and Keith, if you guys come on up. So we want to today, um, first of all, welcome. My name is Ryan, and uh, just really it's great to have everyone here. So we got kind of a different Sunday today. What we're going to do, one thing um, we love to do at the Vineyard is um, we want to honor people well who serve, who uh, love our family, that participate and share. And, and a lot of you probably know Paul Owen. If you're, let's hear it for Paul. I saw Matt and Keith. Are Matt and Keith around? There we go. Um, and so Paul has, just, um, Paul has just served well for a really long time at the Florence Vineyard. And he's been on the board the last how many years? Three years. Here, let's, let's let just Paul, I'm going to turn the mic on for Paul. There we go. Um, but yeah, Paul, you just want to just say a few words for a minute? Paul is, Paul is uh, this is Paul's last day on the board, and Paul will tell his story, kind of what's next for him. Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure if that's on. Um, I don't know what's going on here. If I touch it, it breaks, you know, just technologically. Um, hitting RF mute. I don't know what's going on here. There we go. There we go. Another mic. There we go. Let's hear it for Amy goes. There we go. Hey, thank you, Amy. Oh, that's loud. Yeah, so uh, I've been at the vineyard here, um, I don't know, six or seven years, I guess. I've been on the board for the last three years, and we run a, a three-year tenure on the board. And I've also been on the worship team and the safety team here and, and a couple of other things. But, um, you know, just over the last couple of years, my wife and I you know, have really been feeling called to um, really serve and be a part of a community closer to where we live. And we've lived in Williamstown, Kentucky for a long time. Wow. So it's, you know, it's a good 45-minute drive from here. So, uh, yeah, we, that feeling just got stronger and stronger. And, um, and uh, we found a church down there uh, very close to us. That's actually a lot like the Vineyard. The first time I went there, all the songs they played were songs I've played on stage up here. And so I'd say probably nine out of ten songs are things awesome. I know. The the um, the uh, just the worship is is great there. The the uh, sermons are very similar to here, um, but it's right there in our community. And there's a lot of people in our community where uh, there's just they need help. They need God. And, uh, and we live there. They're our neighbors. They're our friends. So we want to we wanna serve there. Amen. So, yeah, so, so, so Paul is, uh, like, he's finished up his term here today. And then just, um, so we got some new board members coming on. And I'll, I'll announce him at the very end. But we just want to pray for Paul. We want to bless him and send him off. He's been a great servant here and just a, a, just a real key leader. So, uh, board, if we can just gather around him. And we just want to send him off kind of Paul Timothy style. Father God, we just thank you for Paul. We thank you, uh, I thank you for Lori. Thank you for their family, Lord. I just pray that you'd bless our brother today. I pray that, Lord, as he goes, that he would go in to Williamstown and make disciples that make disciples, Lord. That he would just have just uh, such an impact at that church, Lord, and, and his neighborhood, even deeper and broader, because he can invest more, Lord. 
I pray you'd open up opportunities, Father, for just new people of peace and just platforms for uh, just ministry and families to love and to serve, Lord. I just pray you bless our brother. Thank you for always meant here, and I just pray that you bless him and keep him. Make your, uh, just make your face shine upon him, and uh, we just love him, and we're going to miss him, and we just uh, pray your best over him. In Jesus' mighty and beautiful name, we pray, Father, amen. 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 Yeah. So... As uh, Paul's kind of transitioning off, we're, um, we are, so we're going to do something a little different today than we normally do. We're kind of doing a State of the Church Sunday, and I met several of you from other places, so if you're just here, this is kind of a different Sunday for us, but um, just kind of, the Lord's done a lot in our first, you know, six and a half months here since Carl and I came to be on staff here, and uh, there's been a lot of changes, a lot of transitions, and just not just in our church, but everywhere, right? Just in the world, it's been a crazy last 18, 19 months. But I um, want to introduce um, our board to you. This is my good friend, Keith Satterfield. It's here for Keith. Uh, Keith is a long, long time friend of mine, uh, and he's, him and his wife started coming here. And Keith and, and so we have seven pillars now that we're operating the church out of, and not like of Islam, but of, but of the vineyard. And those seven pillars are prayer, kids, youth, discipleship, outreach, Sunday mornings, and then our overall stewardship of our like resources, facilities, et cetera. Keith is going to be overseeing outreach and missions. And so what we have is we've created kind of a structure in place that where the board and staff work together closely where there's a lot of accountability, there's a lot of help, there's a lot of um, input from the staff to the board. So our staff people aren't out on their islands and our board is not um, just, you know, kind of uh, like the Wizard of Oz, like people behind the curtain in a boardroom. And so the staff will be being mentored and led and accountable to board members and Keith will be that uh, board member over outreach and missions. My friend here, Matt Godstead, Matt came on the board back in May Matt um, will be the board member over kind of Sunday celebrations and what goes on on Sunday. So like him and Lucas. So Keith's guy is Chris, and then anything outreach, Matt, uh, Matt and Lucas are paired up. And then Jim Warren. Jim came on the board also in May, and Jim um, will be overseeing stewardship. So that's like Amy goes. Amy's going to be speaking here in a minute with me. And um, Amy's kind of our HR and finance, and Jim will be working with Amy, and then... Mike, man from my own heart, Bengals Benedetti. Uh, Mike, if you guys were wondering, Mike is going to be the elder over kids. I know that's such a surprise. So, stretch, yeah. Our good friend Margie Appenfelder. Margie is new to the board, but long time at the vineyard. Her dad kind of started this place. So her mom and dad were the founding pastors, and Margie is um, gonna be our elder over prayer. Yeah. And so, and not here is Sherry Mullane. Sherry is not feeling well today. Um, but uh, you guys know Sherry. Uh, uh, Sherry and Ian, they're awesome folks. And Sherry will um, be our elder over discipleship. So, and then, and then me and Ryan, I'm the lead pastor here. I will be working with our students. And Scott Kiefner, yeah. If you guys know... I've, I was a youth pastor for 25 years, so I'm like, I'm going to pick that one. So it's just dear, uh, near and dear to my heart. So uh, yeah, Margie will be working with Autumn, Sherry will be working with Amber, Mike with Steve, Jim with Amy, Matt with Lucas, Keith with Chris, 
and then me and Scott, and then a fail-safe kind of check and balance. Jim will also be working with Scott, too, in case... Because what we want to have is a structure of accountability and transparency. Like, that's actually missing in a lot of places, isn't it? A lot of places just aren't very accountable. And so part of this is like, so I don't go rogue and mistreat our staff or be a jerk or whatever. So Jim will also be working with me and Scott. So, so just want to hear... Let's hear it for the board. All right. So thank you guys. Yeah, we're good. So Amy, if you want to come on up, Amy goes. You can come up that way. Oh yeah, she's gonna go over there. All right. Amy's our HR and finance lead, and she's gonna. Uh, we're gonna share together kind of a dual message uh, today, or two parts of one message. So, um, yeah, Amy's going to come up and want to encourage you to, um, okay, so we're in a series called Stop for the One, okay? Last week, we had a lot of response. Stop for the One is basically, uh, it's just living an available life where we stop, where we're learning how to reorient our spiritual senses toward the isolated, ill, injured, ignored, indigent, international, the incarcerated, all these people groups that if we just stop and look, they're all around us, we can maximize our impact for the kingdom. And uh, last week, we talked about, um, we talked about a, a group very near and dear to my heart, uh, like, you know, children, orphans, widows, like this ignored group. And there's been a massive response from you guys in our congregation. So I want to encourage you, there's a sign-up out there. If you are widowed, if, you, uh, if you're a single parent, if you have foster children, if you have adoptive children, or if you have interest in um, fostering and adopting, there's a sign-up out there. And I just didn't want that to get glossed over because there was a lot of response from a lot of you this week that it seemed like it touched something. And we talked about everyone has responsibility. Everyone has a responsibility to care for the orphan and the widow. We see in the scripture. So I'm going to turn it over to Amy, and Amy's going to jump, jump in. Good morning. <laughs> All right. So as Ryan said, my name is Amy Goes. Um, my husband, Dustin, and I have three kids. And we have been um, invested here at this church for the past six years. So as long as I can remember, um, I loved just sitting down with my mom when she was doing um, her taxes and filing her, um, or and reconciling her checkbooks. And it's not like a normal thing kids really want to do. And for some reason, I just loved it. I loved being there and I loved learning what she was doing. And so it really wasn't much of a surprise that when college came around, I chose to major in accounting. <laughs> um, so when I wasn't studying at school, I was spending most of my free time volunteering for um, a ministry called Young Life, which is actually where I met my husband and had the privilege to disciple tons and tons of um, high school girls. It was a really sweet time in my life. And in that season, God was just doing so much. I was growing a ton spiritually. I was learning a ton at school and really began to feel um, God just starting to shape my heart for my future. So after college, I worked for a CPA firm, which was absolutely crazy. Um, the demands on an accountant are insane, and I knew right away that it wasn't something I could do for forever. So when, a few years later, when I was expecting my first child, 
I found that to be like just the best opportunity for me to go ahead and, and leave that world and stay home with my daughter. So I did that, but I knew that that was not something I wanted to do forever. So the opportunity arose to work for my church and do everything I love doing at the CPA firm. I had to take it. I just had to do it. And um, during my time here, I have been challenged to grow in financial faith and to trust that God is going to provide the resources for our church that we need when we need it. And that has been especially true since Ryan got here. <laughs> um, our first couple conversations that Ryan and I had were about the budget. I mean, that's pretty expected. And so, um, you know, he was just really curious about how I do things, where some of our money was going, just really what it looked like. And in those first couple conversations, he made it very clear to me that he had a vision for our church to give above and beyond 10%, which I was on board for. Like in my head, I was like, that's amazing. I love that. I'll plan for it next year when I do the budget for 2022. Um, but that's not really what Ryan meant. He had like a sense of urgency about it and meant like, let's figure it out now. And, and we're, we're going to start right now with that vision. So I'm running back to my computer, researching reports, figuring out numbers. And um, to my surprise, we were only setting aside 3% for um, our missions and outreach giving. So that, that really wasn't what uh, Ryan had hoped to hear. So he goes and he's asking me like, hey, Amy, can you write a check here? What about over here? Can you make that work? Can we rearrange our budget? And I think um, really anyone that's probably in charge of other people's finances probably felt a little bit of, of the same thing I would feel. And that was like, I don't, I don't know if that's the best thing for us. Like we've got this already set. Let's, let's just get through this year. It's been a little crazy of a year. But I knew that if this was something God was calling our church into, um, that he would provide the resources for us. So in Matthew 25, Jesus tells us a parable about a master who um, is heading out to travel and he entrusts um, his money to his servants. So I'm just gonna paraphrase it a little bit. But um, so he gives his first servant five bags of silver and he goes out, invests it and immediately um, doubles his money. And the second servant, he gives two bags of silver to and just like the first, he goes out and earns two more bags. And finally, the last servant, he gives him one bag of silver and out of fear, he hides it. He doesn't want to lose what his master gave him. So when the master returns, he immediately praises the first two servants who went out and earned more money, but condemned the one who hid it in fear of losing it. So in verse 29, Jesus ends this parable by saying, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So off I went, I started writing checks. <laughs> I mean, he tells me to. So um, I'm a bit of a visual learner. So I, I like to think of this parable as a Venn diagram, which when it gets up here, you guys might notice a little alliteration. That's just for Ryan. He loves, he loves that, so I threw that in there for him. Um, so we, <laughs> we have finances, faith, and fruitfulness. So um, on the left is finances, which is just our money, anything we do with it, our giving, our spendings, our income, savings. And on the right, we have faith, 
which is our trust, boldness, and reliance on him. And in the middle, if you, if you mold those two together, we get fruitfulness, which is God's provision. Personally, that area in the middle was a little scary for me to lean into in my personal life. Um, but when I allowed my finances and my faith to meet, God showed up and provided in ways that I could have never imagined. So this fruitfulness idea was, the, was like the idea behind the conversations that Ryan and I were having and the urgency that we needed to change something about our missions and outreach giving. So as I mentioned earlier, in, um, in April, our outreach and missions giving was 3%. Throughout this past, what, like six months, we've been able to reevaluate our budget. And currently, our outreach and missions giving is 15% of our budget for 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. And so because of that priority um, on increasing that budget item, it has really set us up to lean into where God might take us in the future. So looking at where we've been and where we're going, since Ryan got here in April, our operating budget was set at $325,000. As of right now, we were able to increase it to $450,000. And as we move forward, seeking to live in a place of combining our finances and our faith, our operating budget for 2022 is $550,000. So this past year, we've seen God do some amazing things for our church. Um, Ryan touched on them, but it's been awesome. And I know that going forward, God will continue to do that for our church. As Ryan has said many times, God can do more on 90% than we can do on 100%. As 2021 winds down, consider what it might look like for you to lean into merging your finances with your faith and allowing God to produce fruitfulness from it in your lives. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for sharing all that. And, um, Amy, Amy told me something funny. So, see, we ordained several people this summer, and Amy didn't really want to be. And so we didn't. And she told me this morning that part of why she didn't was she was hoping she'd never have to get up and speak if she wasn't ordained. <laughs> and oddly, like, she's our first staff member to speak on a Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. That's just God's sense of humor. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, great. So, so where we are is today, we're just talking about time, talent, and treasure. I'm not one of those guys, I don't, I don't want to bang on money all the time, because I think that God, God puts it on our hearts, right? Like, like, we're a come Holy Spirit people, and so we don't want people to give under compulsion or pressure. But it's also, it's important though, too. I mean, Jesus talks more about money than he does heaven or hell. Do you know that? Interesting. And I think because <clears throat> to us in our daily Comes, uh, comings and goings, we're thinking more about money than we are the afterlife. It's just, it, it's part of it. It's part of like currency and it's kind of like what we, you know, we, we make, we, we work. A lot of us spend so many hours of our lives, you know, working to make money, to be able to live, to be able to pay our bills, to be able to buy a home or rent a place or to travel or to give or, you know, Christmas time, my Lord Jesus, like, 
our, you know, it feels like we're working three months a year just to buy a bunch of crap no one cares about, but hey. Um, but <laughs> so, but we'll, we, we want to be a different people than that, right? We're heavenly people who are heavenly minded, but we also want to be earthly good. And part of that is, is when God's generous to us in this world, we're like Jesus, so we want to live our lives in such a way that we're living like Jesus. And Jesus, last time I checked, he wasn't just trying to bank it all. He was spending and being spent so people could know the love and the power of God. And um, so if you think about this whole thing, and I know I, I like to um, switch to the slide. Don't we know? Not that one. That's my message. Um, how about this? Do we got that? Here, let's go vacillate. Wet whiteboard, there we go, how about that? So let's hear it for the tech team back there. They put up with me. And Carla, Carla puts up with me a lot, and our staff. So if you think about our time, talent, and treasure, this would be kind of like, like the conglomeration of all of our stuff. Think about talent is what God gives us, time is kind of what we have, and then treasure are the things that are kind of coming in and going out, and it's imperative that those things all intersect and there's a balance in there. And we talk a lot about our values, about the things that are most important to us. And our purpose statement as a church is we talk about up, we talk about in, and we talk about out. Up is we love God. We are are passionate worshipers. We're people that put Jesus first. We're a Jesus-based place. Next, in, we are people that are making disciples, that our mission is the same as Jesus's. What he told us at the end to do, we want to do it really well. So in, we want radical fellowship and followership as people that follow God, as disciples. And then treasure, if you think about our our out, like what God gives us that we're giving away to impact the world. So that's, that's what we are doing as a church, and so this is Vineyard Florence, and you're, you're going to hear this ad nauseum if this irritates you, but also hear it till you can memorize it if this is the place for you, because we want to be people that love God, that make disciples, and impact the world. And so we believe in doing that with our time, talent, treasure. And we talk about these things like in a trifecta, because I think in a sense, like it, in, it embodies who we are as people, Right? It it embodies who we are and what we do. And that's the way we want to live. And this is just what we see in the life of Jesus. We see Jesus had this amazing sense of personal connection to God up. He was always in connection with the Holy Spirit. He was only doing what the Father told him to do. And then in Jesus, we saw purposefully made disciples. And he didn't just make disciples or just make converts. He made disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And then out, Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. As a church, we want to be people who just do what Jesus did simply. All right, you can go back to the slides. So, um, you know, in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, each one of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I've heard a lot of people will only say the under compulsion part. Like, I don't want to give under compulsion. I don't want to give because you're telling me to give. Well, he also says not to give reluctantly either. 
And it's kind of like this balance, like Amy showed in the Venn, like in the Venn diagram of you know, finances and faith, and that middle part is fruitfulness. And God doesn't want us to do either. Like He wants us to be people of prayer, but if your prayers are never telling you to step up the way you give your life away, I wonder if your prayers are being hindered. Because I've had seasons of my life where I'm just not hearing from God, where I'm not as forgiving as I could be. I'm not charitable. I'm not compassionate. And it's like, it's not that God has changed, that there's generally a clog in my drain somewhere that I'm not hearing from heaven clearly. And so we, we want to be people who give. And one of the reasons why right away I saw in our budget, I'm like, you know, we cannot ask the congregation, hey, could you guys uh, consider giving 10% and we give 3%? I just think that's terrible leadership. I'm sorry. The first thing that needs to go are things that we can do without, not the things that we're commanded to do. And so, like as a family, our first check we write is tithing. There was a time several years ago I uh, lost my job, and um, we just felt like the Lord tell us to give, and we were we were down to um, four hundred and two dollars. And we gave away. We felt like the Lord put on our heart and pressed us to give four hundred dollars to something. Like we're just going to give him faith. Literally the next day, that was on a Sunday, on Monday we received a bill from Duke Energy that was like $400 exactly. Like son of a gun. That could have been bad timing. But we're like, you know what? We, we just got to trust that like, you know, God, God provides. He's faithful. Um, and we, we just prayed our guts out. Like I remember my wife just looked at me and cried and she was just frustrated and I was too. And we're like, Okay, Lord, and you know, we got little kids, and, and it was just frustrating. And one of them was sick at the time. We're like, man, we can't get our lights turned off. And so we came back from the doctor, and it was crazy. Sitting in our mailbox was uh, an envelope with $400 in it. That someone just said, hey, we feel like God told us to give you $400. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's what he's like. That's what he's like. And we don't give to get, but like he always takes care of his kids. He's a good dad. So um, God wants us to be cheerful givers and prayerful givers. And we're not going to do some cam, uh, pledge campaign or, um, you know, like, a, like an annual bag. We're not doing that. We're just trying to be transparent that where God's brought us in the first six months. Because I was charged with by the board that, um, that we had like, a commercial banking kind of some issues here. And I have a commercial banking background. They're like, we, we got to straighten some of this up. And there's a lot of things we got to get done. And they basically said, you have six months to do it. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> we'll try you out for six months. So I was kind of, kind of like the Renaissance pastor, I guess. And um, tried me out, but I think they bought me. So if they didn't, um, love you guys. <laughs> like, um, and take it out on them, not me. So um, that's one good thing about having a board. It's like, you can, I can share some of the blame, right? <laughs> like, um, so... Um, so in the last six months, we have um, done a major overhaul of some things. We've, as you guys have known, uh, noticed, things on Sundays have changed. Some things in the kids' ministry and the youth ministry have changed. Prayer ministry massively changed. Um, some stuff, outreach. Outreach has been humming along, but there's been some, some good add-ons there too. 
And what we've done is uh, refinance the church. So we refinanced the church, West Banco Bank. We were on a seven-year note, but it was a bad loan. It wasn't a great loan. It wasn't a great bank, um, a, a banking a relationship that we have. So we switched over to West Banco. I'd worked for West Banco. West Banco is a special purpose bank. It's the West Virginia Bank Company, if you're wondering what West, what West Banco is. And West Virginia is just a weird place. If you've never been there, like it's, you can still like marry your sister or something, I think. But I'm... <laughs> kidding. But everything in, everything in West Virginia is just weird. And so, and so West Banco specializes in like weird special purpose church lending. So they gave us um, some banking stuff and like a refinance. <clears throat> We're actually saving 2000 a month like, in the refinance. We went from a seven-year loan to a 10-year loan. However, if we pay an extra $1,000 on the loan, which we plan to, we will pay off the loan in the same length of time, but essentially save 1,000 a month over seven years, that's $84,000. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so we'll still pay the loan off at the same time, and praise God, maybe, maybe earlier. So, um, and when I came on board, we were operating at 58% of our budget was um, staff and those costs. 39% um, was operations, and th a paltry 3% was giving. We're currently at 48.5% staffing, 36.5% operation, and 15% now of giving to outreach and missions benevolence. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and that's, I want to say, let's hear it for you guys. Seriously, that's because, that's because y'all are faithful. Because y'all are faithful. We got a great staff, we got a great board, but y'all are faithful. And you guys make this possible by loving and giving and serving. And so we want to celebrate that. Um, where we currently give, um, if we can show this, we give 3% annually to the vineyard, to the Association of Vineyard Churches, uh, Vineyard USA, because, because we're a vineyard. And what that money goes towards, so much of that 3% goes towards church planting and missions abroad. I would say, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but well over, um, well over two-thirds of that giving goes beyond, and, and there's a lot of also resources for your staff. There's a lot of resources, there's area stuff, there's, there's support, because this, this is a hard gig. I mean, doing ministry, like you're under attack a lot, as some of you um, who've been there probably know. And so most of that stuff goes towards resourcing, serving the local church, uh, church planting, and missions. And that's, that's what it's there for. And then also, um, we are um, giving now to a church, uh, to a place where we've partnered for years. We can show that, Carinet. Uh, You've seen the baby bottles, Change for Change. Yeah, Carinet is a crisis pregnancy center that's Christ-based, and we are a partner there, and we give to them monthly, and then we also um, try to do like an annual um, over and above give. Um, we are um, uh, Reset Ministries. Uh, Reset is an amazing, yeah, if you guys ne never heard of Reset, it's an amazing, amazing ministry based in Newport where basically they provide dignified housing and Christ-centered uh, recovery for people coming out of prison, transitional homes, and out of basically uh, drug rehab, and it gets them on a path for nine to 18 months where people can live, reintegrate, learn skills, gain job, and we're a partner there. I'm also on that board now, and so... Um, we have, a huge, we have a huge aspiration. We want to buy houses to partner. They have three houses currently for about 24, 26 uh, people can stay there resident-wise. Um, I think that the Lord, uh, one, of, one of my um, just goals when I was coming on board, I said, I, I see an outreach ministry to addicts that's fourfold. 
I want to restart CR here. Check. I want to um, start, a, uh, start a men's healthy sexuality ministry because there's lots of dudes and lots of marriages that are ravaged by like the pornography epidemic and just sexomania that's in our culture. And there's a lot of people that are broken sexually. And so we want to have a men's healthy sexuality, and we hope to have, have the women's side of that too, but we're going to start a men's healthy sexuality um, next fall. So we've got um, uh, my good friend Brad is going to be heading that up, and he, he's got a team of people he's starting to work with, and we're excited about that. Um, we're actually helping, we're partnering with the first, with the first uh, vineyard church plant in Latvia. Latvia is a Soviet Eastern Bloc country. Our friends Kuzan and Clarine Vandenberg, they're um, great friends of ours we met in Kansas City. They're actually South Africans we met in Kansas City who currently live in Costa Rica who are moving to Latvia to plant a Latvian church. So, Come on. <laughs> and Kuzan talks like the deepest voice ever. They're actually going to share here in a couple weeks, but, but it'll be online. Just it's, um, just it's really hard and expensive to travel right now, but they're going to uh, share here in a couple weeks, and they're great friends of ours, and they're planning the first, like the first vineyard church in Latvia. They plan a vineyard church in Estonia, which is part of Soviet bloc, uh, one in Belarus. Uh, they've done stuff in Russia, so they're, they're just amazing people. have done missions in 40-plus countries the last 20-plus years. Um, and then... Uh, as Chris talked about, Redbird. Uh, Redbird's a mission in Appalachia that we've worked with, and they do just, just some really amazing stuff, helping people with their homes and projects and just loving people who are, um, who are really the least of these. Also, we give to um, my good friend Shapur. We got uh, Shapur's picture. He's the guy in the corner, uh, like the Iranian George Clooney, I call him, the real good-looking guy in the corner. Um, but he is a church planter, works with the refugee International um, underground church of Latvia, I mean, not Latvia, Turkey, um, Afghanistan, Iran. Uh, he's an Iranian national who basically went to London to um, study to be a sheikh and got intercepted by my good friend Mike Breen, some of Mike's disciples, and they led him to Jesus. And now he's a church planner, pastor, Bible smuggler, um, kind of international man of missions. And, and so uh, we're supporting Shapur and his work to plant churches like in the underground. Uh, parts of the Middle East. And lastly, um, we just got a um, hot food giveaway for the city, stuff to local schools, and just all the other things that y'all are involved in. So yeah, just lots, lots of great things going on here at the church. That's where your money's going. So if you're wondering where it's going, yeah, there, there are lights and stuff here and things like that, and there's some staff here, but we're also really spending a lot of time to do what is important to Jesus, and that's make disciples to worship God, and to impact the world. And that's what we're trying to do as a staff, and that's where we're gonna keep going as long as I'm here. Um, and so the thing is, is um, you know, our, our goal at the end of seven years is this. At the end of, when our uh, like church is paid off in seven years, at the end of 2028, start of 2029, we, our seven-year goal is to be at 40% staffing costs. We're currently at 48.5. To be at 40% giving, we're currently at 15%. And 20% operations, we're 36 and some change. So we want to shift over the next couple of years. We don't want to just keep adding stuff. We don't want to just keep adding people. We want to be low-weight, 
high impact, and we want to make the most of what we have, and we want to impact the world in crazy, awesome ways. And that's why we're transitioning to house groups. That's why we're using that as our mechanism, transitioning our current small group platform into house groups that are going to have more, more of a reach and replication focus than they've had. They're doing a great job like on relationships and reception, doing meals together and doing life together. They're doing a great job of, of uh, 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 see, reflection and response. Like what, what was God saying, what we're supposed to do about it. But we're going to add a reach and replication components that haven't currently been part of those as a primary thrust. And so that's where we're going and that's what we're excited about. And so God doesn't just want us to keep. He doesn't want us to just be status quo. He's always on the move. He doesn't change, but he's always moving. He doesn't change, but he's always moving. And so we realize that people give to vision. And so we got a God-sized vision. And we're gonna be rolling out what that is in the next couple months. But we, we don't want a vision that we can pull off without his help. And so if you notice, our, um, what, we're, what we're projected to actually bring in is 15% less than what we hope to bring in. We're saying, hey, God, we're going to trust you. We're going to give the 400 and hoping you'll pay the bill. And he does. So he's faithful like that. So we want to encourage you, if you're, if you're wondering, like, like, I know like, this is the time of year where people start thinking, like, I don't know, year-end giving or you start getting stuff. We, we would ask you to uh, just consider to partner with us in that. Because because your money is going to places that are making changes. Uh, like I said, our friends like the Vandenbergs have reached thousands and thousands of people planting churches. Uh, Shapur has reached many more than that just with the works like in Iran and Turkey. Like Iran is the fastest growing church in the world by a lot. They had 500 Christians in 1985. They have 8 million now. Yeah. And like, like I said, like in Turkey, he was one of the brothers that I work with and met. You've heard me talk about that a lot. So just, we want to encourage you to, um, you know, just pray with us and, and join. And, and, and don't, do your part. Even if you can't give, you know what, jump in and serve. Because God's given you some, so many talents, so much gifting. And, and there's a lot of things that aren't even going to be on our books that God's calling you to. He's going to call you to things and places where we never would have dreamed of. But Jesus, it says that Jesus sent the disciples ahead of him to all the places he planned to visit. And so wherever you go this week, wherever you go next week, wherever you've been, like Jesus wants to visit there. And we want to partner with you and you partner with us as we visit those places and people. So um, the last thing is, is we just want to trust God for, for increase the last thing is, and Amy did a Venn diagram, I'll kind of do, do, do my own rendering of it, is you think of, um, you, do we got the last, do I, is my NDI thing still on? There we go. If you think of Vineyard Florence, if you think, especially in the era uh, where we live in, it's like there's a lot of fear around a lot of things. There's a lot of leaders that are, aren't trustworthy. There's been this virus going around. Don't know if you guys heard of it. There's been a lot of uh, things happening that are really difficult, and it's easy to be fearful. We don't want to be fearful people. Heck to the no. But we also don't want to be foolish. We don't want to go, you know, uh, lick strangers, kiss toilets, and stuff like that, and just get sick for no reason, all right? But what we believe, like, in, in this middle, in the radical middle, one of the vineyard values is faith. Somewhere between fear and foolishness is faith. 
That's the balance of God. And that's, that's how we want to live as a church. We have savings. We have savings that we operate on. We, we, we pay our staff every week. We have a great, we have a great uh, reputation of paying our bills. Before I started here, I actually called around to see if the Vineyard Florence paid its bills. Because I don't want to, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, get like, in a relationship with a place that doesn't have like, a good reputation because mine goes on the line. So this place has a good, long history of paying its bills and being on the up and up like in the community because that, that's, listen, I'm gonna tell you this. This is for someone. It's disreputable, it's dishonorable, and it's ungodly to not pay your bills. Well, right. it's, it's wrong. It's, it's stealing. It's stealing. It's God's called us to be like, we're, we're people that our yes is yes and our no is no. If we get something, we don't even have to say, oh, I promise I'll pay it back. Because the truth lives in us, so we always tell the truth, right? So it, we, we're people who pay our bills. So we're not foolish, but we're also not people just sitting, we're not that, that uh, last person Amy talked about who got the talent and just sat on it and like, you know, in fear that the master would come back and he'd lose his money. So we're not fearful either. We're a faithful people who are living on mission to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples and to impact the world. But we worship God in how we say yes. We worship God in honoring our promises because God is truth, right? John 4, 24 says God is truth. He's a God who expects his children to be just like their dad. So um, I'm gonna wrap up there. This is kind of a, kind of a different day. But we just wanted to um, encourage you and, and, and just let you know uh, where your money is going. Part of it was the board asked me to do it, but they're a part of it. I think it's important. So we're not going to you know, talk about this nonstop, but if, if you wonder where it is. But if you're wondering, well, hey, all this stuff's going. Maybe I should you know, give somewhere else. If God tells you to give somewhere else, that's great. But yeah, uh, we, we do rely on people's generosity and people's donation and people's tithe. Tithe is 10%. So, you know, that's, that's between you and God, but, but we'd be blessed if you want to partner with us. So, um, like I said, we're, we're doing stuff for orphans, widows, foster care adoption. We have sign-ups out there. We'd love for you to get involved. If you're in that group, in one of those groups, you've fostered, you've adopted, or like you're a widow, widower. If you're a single parent, we want to connect because we, we don't want to just talk about things. Kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, Paul says, but it's a matter of power. And power is when we take our time, talent, and treasure, and we say yeah to Jesus with those. So um, in this day of transparency, we're just gonna, we're gonna wrap up. We're gonna pray. If you, have, if you have anything physically, spiritually, you just come in here heavy, uh, you know, chicken little sort of life, love, sky's falling in and things are really rough, we'd love to pray with you. So if our prayer teams will come up, worship team, is not going to, but we're just gonna pray. We went a little long today, but we, I'm just gonna pray us out, and if you want prayer, awesome, we'd love to do that, and if you have kids, go get them, because I'm sure those people back there are probably hating me right now. So Father, we just love you, we bless you, we praise you. We thank you that you're a God who cares about everything. You care about how we pay our bills, you care about how we earn to pay our bills, you care about what we look, about, look at, what we, how we look at you, how we look at ourselves. Lord, you care about everything. You care about the rich, you care about the poor, you care about the young, you care about the old, you care about the black, the white, everyone in between, Lord, you care about it all. It all matters to you because we are your children and you're that kind of God. So Lord, we just thank you. Thank you that we have a faithful church. Thank you that Florence, Florence Vineyard's a faithful, kind, generous, uh, just a heavenly-minded place. 
But Lord, while being heavenly minded, let us be earthly good. So would you continue to add uh, just everything we need, Lord, to, 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 be, to be the change in our world. So we love you and we bless you and we praise you and it's in your mighty and beautiful name, uh, name we pray, Father, amen. Go and sin less this week, people.